Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the XFL. Uh, the first week of the XFL, we talk about uh, whether or not it was great and what it can do to continue on the success that it built on. We're also going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about the Antonio Brown situation. We're also going to talk about Miles Garrett coming back in the NFL. So we're going to talk about that as well. We're also going to talk a little NBA as well, with Joel Embiid um, being booed in Philly. And we're also going to talk about uh, some of the other NBA news that's going on in the world. Uh, my co-hosts, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross, join me, Al Falls, on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. Check it out. Welcome, 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 welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. But right now, we're going to get right into it. I got my co-host with me, Ace and Earl. So what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing today? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, as always. Someday. Winding <laughs> down the week. <laughs> Two more days of work. Then three days of play. <laughs> well, three, three, three. Yeah, oh, oh. Saturday. <laughs> not off for President's Day. Well, no, nah, we ain't got a, we don't got state jobs, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And what's crazy about it is because I don't can't even confirm whether or not I have a day off on Monday yet. Um, they're still debating on that. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people was upset. I know I don't. I know I don't. So. Well, no, I mean, well, technically, I got work Saturday and Sunday, so Monday, yeah. day rest is Monday. <laughs> well, all right, so then let's just, all right, well, okay, all right, fair enough. Um, let's get right into it. We got a lot to talk about in the world of sports. Uh, so let's start off with something a little bit different. We know that the XFL just kicked off this weekend. So I know that I saw maybe a couple of games, but not in its entirety, but some of the action. Um, and I'm pretty sure you guys have saw some of the XFL action too. So let me get your first takes on how the first week of the XFL and what did you, what sort of stood out to you the most out of this, these games, out of these XFL, XFL games? I mean, whoever wants to start first. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, well, being um, around or old enough to see when XFL made his um, brand debut many, many moons ago, um, compared to now, I think the product definitely more professional. Um, looked a lot better. Um, it was actually actually some good football um, that was being played. Um, there was definitely some noticeable names from some different college teams that was there. Um, some of the coaches um, that were on there, some surprise coaches were former NFL coaches, NFL coordinators. Um, one coach was Kevin Gilbright, who was the former offensive coordinator of my New York football giants, um, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, so you definitely have some good players. Um, the old quarterback from Ohio State, whose name Cardell Jones. Cardo Jones played. He won his first game. He was playing with, I think, with the um, team out of DC. Yeah. yeah so it was that a good, was a good game. game. Mm -hmm. That was a good game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Um, I like some of the some of the things they had out there. Um, I definitely like the um, the two point conversion when you got the option for the one point, the two point, or the three point conversion. I thought that was very interesting. The new way to do kickoff is where the guy has to bring the ball out. There's no taking a knee. 
but you have the guys lined up, I think, on the 20 and the 30-yard lines. Mm-hmm. And then once the, um, the, kick, the kicking team kicks the ball off, nobody can move until the kick returner actually gets the football, and then everyone moves. So definitely made it very more, you know, interesting, to say the least. But it was – I was pleasantly surprised. I'm still a little bit leery about late winter, early spring football, um, how this is going to go. But all in all, for the first weekend, I mean, the games were, they were well coached, well played. Um, I did kind of like the interesting with the mics (laughs) on the field, being able to have, you know, interviews with the the players real time. Um, Some of the coaches and even they had the mics in the back of the locker rooms. I'm pretty sure that, you can att- you can probably test it out on the sidelines. There's a lot more uh, <laughs> profane language <laughs> going on, so it was it was very tame to say the least. But um, I like the uh, I like the review too, where you could actually hear the referee and the guy reviewing the play, kind of going back and forth, um, talking about the review process. So that was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I have to say, for the first weekend, I mean, it got some it got great reviews. Um, a lot of people had uh, some pleasant things to say about it. So all in all, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I said, I'm still leery about, you know, late winter, early spring football. But I have to say it was the XFL's second debut was actually pretty decent. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I mean, granted, it's not the, it's the second tier level of uh, caliber, probably just on the bubble as far as playing in NFL versus playing Canadian or or somewhere overseas. Um, but I, I thought the product was pretty nice. Um, I would love to see – I would love to see the NFL really adopt this and turn this into, like, their minor league and let college football just be – college football again. <laughs> like, not to say that college football is always going to turn out NFL players, but it allow NFL teams, and, it, you know, I guess this will be like their minor league squads, whatever. It'll allow players to then be on a practice squad, but then it'll allow players to then go to this league and develop more and then almost like send players up, send players down. Um, you know, just keep things fresh, and it, it's just it's just some pretty decent football for when there's that little lull of when it's just basketball out there and hockey. You know, it's just you just need a little something else just to kind of keep you going. You know, tennis is in full swing. Golf is going on in different countries. Baseball just started, you know, with pitchers and catches, but people just can't seem to get enough football, so. I think this will hold people over, especially those diehard college football fans that look forward to spring ball and the spring game. I kind of wish – you kind of wish it was a little bit later in the spring, but I understood why. They don't want to compete against baseball. Not to say that they couldn't probably beat baseball, but they want to let baseball just have its time and um, let the WNBA have their time and just take that little piece right in the middle. Which, which I thought was, was a really interesting time frame. But 
overall, I was presently surprised. Uh, I love the fact that they streamed it on um, on YouTube live. Oh, they did? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah okay. so they streamed it on YouTube. I was able to catch it at work without having to log into some, some network or anything like that. So I thought that was really cool. And I love the fact that, you know, they, they have the, the buy-in from ESPN and ABC. And I, Fox. Yeah, and they got Fox too? It was, it was games on Fox, yes. Hmm. Yeah. So unlike, what is it, the Alliance Football League or whatever they call themselves, <laughs> um, where they had CBS, where they had the big networks on the first week, and then it was just regulated to CBS on their cable networks, and, you know, and maybe Fox Sports 2 or something like that, but they didn't have any true exposure. I think uh, I think they're doing it right. I think if they continue with that, uh, the ties in with the ESPNs, ABC, and Fox, they, they might be on to something. No, I, I completely agree. I To be honest, I I really thought that they – I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. I thought that they really did a great job. Um, with the first week, um, not just with the play, but how the marketing, how they marketed um, the XFL. I think that, to be honest, they really did the smart move. And I get what you're saying, um, Adrian, in regards to the fact that um, you kind of wish it was kind of like the minor leagues of the NFL. But I also get the markability standpoint of this, where, like you said, it's in this particular time frame, this particular bubble, where the NFL just finished up and now you have this window of opportunity to showcase the XFL in its entirety where there's no other football being played. Um, I, 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 I'm very surprised. I was very surprised because not only was the product that they put, that showed out was good, they did it in a remarkable way where you can actually get more fans in, to tune in and to be, um, more fans, the, the increase of fans can grow with this. And I think that that was very important. Um, like you said, with the, with, you know, with the, the TV viewings with the ABC, Fox, of course, um, with their relationship with like with wrestling and SmackDown and all that, um, Vince McMahon did the right thing of using Fox and how, but the YouTube thing is what's really eye catching because you don't always have to be at your TV to view the games. And it's available for everybody. And I think having that showcase on the first season of them trying to showcase what they can do, I think is a very smart move. I, I have to be honest with you. I'm kind of I'm, – I'm, I'm in agreement and, and I'm congratulating the XFL because I think they did a remarkable job um, in showcasing what they could do. Of course, the football stands, you know, football fans is going to be football fans. They're going to watch no matter what. But yeah. how they're marketing it, I thought was very shrewd and a very good idea. Um, and it's only going to grow in the process. Definitely going to grow in the process. I thought the games, you know, in comparison to the first time they did the XFL, I mean, yeah, the, the first time they did the XFL, I think it took leaps and bounds from when they first started. I think they really learned their lesson. And I think that now they're going to showcase and say that we are really serious with what we're trying to accomplish. And I think they did a very good job starting off. Now, how if they let's see if they can keep this going on a consistent basis, because I think that fans want something new outside of the NFL. And if they can continue this on the right path, I think they found their niche in that. Yeah, that's the key. I think um, 
it was all about the viewership. And yeah, we remember the first go round, it was more, you know, wrestling football, you know, all the characters and the crazy antics and the stuff online. It was like you actually went to a WWF, you know, thing at the time to watch wrestling, where now it felt more like um, actually a football game and the product was a bit more professional. I like it that they were able to have on different mediums. I mean, you're definitely going to have to have the backing of the big networks like ABC, Fox, even ESPN to be kind of be able to make it legit. I'm just want to see how it goes because to me, this reminds me somewhat of like Canadian football. I mean, um, or when the NFL had the, um, no, what is it? Um, when they did like football in Europe for like um, a few years, whatever the European football league was. Uh, a couple oh, of oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. So I'm, I, I, I want to see how it is or how the viewership is um, three weeks from now. Because, um, you know, the first week and everybody's kind of like looking like, oh, you know, let's see how it looks. You know, A, or the game's trash. Does it look like you're going to a wrestling match, which it, which it wasn't? And B, you know, okay, how do the players look? And I agree with you, Ace. I mean, if there's a way that the NFL and the XFL could partner some way, maybe not because the XFL, I think, wants to stand on its own and kind of, you know, they're not going to ever challenge or rival the NFL, but they want to be able to kind of be like, we're our own thing. But you can definitely see this akin to where maybe some players that are just not that good enough to make it to the NFL, you know, or get cut, you know, they go to the XFL, play, get their game up, and then maybe they come back to the NFL during training camp or, you know, maybe they try out for the team. So it could be a way of partnering almost like a G League because college football is second to the NFL. So they're not going anywhere. But the XFL, maybe they can find their niche if it's not a too long, because um, the good thing about football with me is that when football ends in February, you got that long break. And then by the time you get to the beginning of August, you're like salivating at the mouth, like <laughs> ready for some football, man. Haven't seen football in months where now the XFL kind of takes it away. Cause now you're like, eh. so, but then the XFL comes into play, but then it's still going to, I think the XFL will still be going on once the draft comes around. Because the draft is at the end of this month. <laughs> February 27th. <laughs> no, NFL draft? Yeah. I thought it was in um, April. It's moved up to February. Let me double check. <laughs> Let me double check. God darn it, we haven't paid for it. <laughs> oh, I lie. oh, my bad. It's April 23rd. Oh, my bad. Oh, I'm about to say, because it's usually <laughs> warm when that, when that puppy. But I, I don't know what the hell I saw that said February. Oh, I have no idea. But I saw something. But either way. <laughs> oh, it's um something um free agency or something like that. Oh, so they, now they, they they doing that live now? No, I think they might be doing it, er, they're doing it earlier. Oh I, oh, I see. Instead of doing it after the draft? Well, they always do the they always do the um, free agency before the draft, but I think they're doing it. They're they're letting the uh, the window open a bit earlier. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, very interesting. I... Well, let me ask you guys a question in this regards, um, because you brought up an interesting theory 
in regards to this. Um, you said like college football is second right now behind the NFL. So let me ask you this. Do you ever see if the XFL takes off, do you ever see college football players foregoing some of their time um, with college football or leaving early to jump into the XFL instead of the NFL? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but mm -hmm. I don't see how the XFL will deviate from the three years removed from high school. They may, they, they may allow, no, I don't think they're going to deviate from three years because I, I think what they're saying as far as from a, a physical, your body standpoint, you're going against grown men. You can't be too young going against grown men like that and think that you're going to be able to survive the NFL. So I doubt that they'll sit there and do anything like that. But it will be interesting to see if, if once this season is over, the XFL and then the NFL draft comes along and is successful, will the XFL then have a draft of those undrafted players? Or will they wait until after the NFL goes through their preseason and they got their final cutdowns and then they'll decide to just go take what they could take. But but what I'm saying is, is because if the XFL wants to be successful, why not go after some of the, the college players that are, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that it will happen or anything like that, but I'm just saying if they want to be more successful in that regards, and why not go after some of those college players that are coming out their junior and senior year? Um, Money. Yeah, yeah, it's a money thing. And right now, the NFL has a lot more to offer. For the first the first round, I mean, the, the first round gets a lot of money, and then everybody else kind of gets the salary. So the salaries have to be comparable to what third round, fourth round would make on a base salary in order to entice some players. But from my perspective, since there's, what, seven – seven rounds in, in, in NFL draft, I mean, I don't think the NFL is in, in danger of getting any players siphoned from them. Now, what's the case is that, you know, what happens to those the players that don't make the practice squad, you know, that don't make, you know, team going, you know, being invited to teams, I think it's that pool of players. Like I said, the ones that are just didn't make the cut to get into an NFL team or maybe just not good enough or maybe could use a year of development, polishing. Even quarterbacks, I think, might be able to – I think that's where you might get um, some players moving from XFL to NFL. So let's say Cardell Jones, for example, all of a sudden he blows it up, has a dynamite season in XFL. He's throwing, he's running, he's more accurate, he can hit the balls. I mean, now – when they're over and you're going into training camp, hey, does someone say, let's take a look at Cardo Jones. He looked pretty good out there. Let's take a look at this, you know, you know, this quarterback. He looked good. What about this running back? He looked good. Mm -hmm. What's not to say that this might not – I'm pretty sure NFL guys are looking at this and saying, like, we know we're going to have who we're going to pick in the draft, but let's say we might need a third-round quarterback or maybe somebody's out there that maybe you want to say, hey – you want to come on our, you know, come out to training camp and try for a spot. They might find some gems out there, but I think 
quarterbacks might benefit more from this, being able to work on their game, work on their passing, reading defenses, you know, I think that'll probably be more beneficial spot than all the other spots. I agree. Oh, well, we'll definitely see how this is going to go um, with the XFL continuing on and progressing. And we'll continue to look and see these games and see how well the XFL is going to be going, whether it's going up or whether it's going down. But one thing we can say definitely is that we enjoyed definitely the first week of the XFL. I think we're all in agreement of that. Um, just one more quick question in, in that regard. Um, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to save that for the next time because I think that I'm going to have definitely a lot more questions about the XFL. Um, it's interesting the fact that this big man has not really have said much since he um, opened that up um, this season. You really rarely hear anything about it. But I think we all could say that for, this, for right now that the first week was a good success um, and a good debut for a lot of teams out there and a lot of players out there that are still playing. Um, so now that's done, we're going to move a little bit on to – the NFL, um, don't think there's anything that's really going on per se. Uh, there's a lot of talks, I guess, behind the scenes um, with the upcoming season. Um, is there anything that um, you guys did from the NFL side of things, from football side of things, that is like something that you want to discuss and talk about? Well, outside of Miles Garrett getting reinstated. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was going to bring that up last, but we can talk about that now. <laughs> or, or, or AB, you know, going on his, going on his apology tour. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with Miles Gary <laughs> being reinstated. Um, let me get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, do you think that this is a ad ad adequate um, reinstate, a reinstation, uh, reinstated um you think the NFL is okay? I mean, you guys think that this was the right move for the NFL to reinstate Miles Garrett? Um, do you think he should be suspended a little bit more? I I, I think it was cool. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. If he had hit him with the crown of the helmet, he might be dead. That, yeah, we get that, but he didn't. <laughs> um, but one has to believe that, regardless of how mad how stupid he was for throwing that helmet. I'm sure if he hadn't heard what he thought he might have heard, then maybe he might not have done that. I mean, he could be a dirty player, but I don't think he's that stupid to sit there and try to swing the helmet at somebody just because he was just mad over what uh, the cat, uh, the quarterback from the Steelers did. So I'm not mad at it. I mean, he lost, I'm sure he lost a couple million dollars based off of game checks and I'm sure he might have had to do some sort of anger management or something but yeah let the man play <laughs> yeah I think uh I thought he was going to at least get maybe a game or two into the next season because I think they wanted to um not just um suspend it but I think they wanted to prove a point and send a message a clear-cut message to anybody else in the NFL you know, we're not having that. So I think a lot of people are hoping that he would be made an example of to kind of deter anybody else from doing that kind of antics. So 
Um, I think a lot of people were expecting maybe, you know, the first game of the regular season or maybe even two. Um, but I'm with Chase. I mean, he got his games in the regular season. Uh, I'm not all that bent out of shape about it. I mean, if they would have gave him a one game, you know, at the beginning of next season or two, I would have been okay with that. I think anything more than that might have been going over the going over the edge. I think you proved your point, but I I is curious how they waited till after the Super Bowl, after about two weeks after the Super Bowl is going down, when everything in the NFL is dying down, then they throw it out there and they reinstate them, and then now you won't hear about anything. The NFL draft is. You know, a couple of weeks away. The combine, I think, Ace, what you probably Oh, about. the combine. Yes, 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 yes. The combine is coming up. The NFL draft is over there. So that gives this a lot of time to kind of just die in the background. And then by the time NFL starts, it'll be all forgotten. But people are getting their panties in a bunch right now. But once the combine comes, it'll be all forgotten. Matter of fact, it'll be forgotten by this weekend. And also, and it also gives Cleveland the flexibility to know that they have their player for the beginning of the season and they can possibly adjust their draft board uh, accordingly, knowing that, or their free agency board, whatever, knowing that they'll have their star DN coming back and they don't have to try to find somebody in free agency or something to kind of fill that void until he comes back. Now that I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think that that I could see um, because they want to make sure that all the teams are ready for what they're about to, you know, for this upcoming draft and who they need to choose. And I could see them. I, I'm i in agreement with all of you. Um, I think that it's time to move on. It's a new season. Um, he's coming back. I don't think holding him out one game or two games would have made anything, you know, would have been a, a difference maker. So I think that at the end of the day, it's a new season. Start fresh. I think he learned his lesson. Um, and like you said, whatever he did in the back end um, to make up for it um, must have been done properly. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think everybody's calling for his head to be still cut off at this stage. Start fresh and get back to playing football. And what way to do that then to have everything invested where the teams don't have to worry about, well, Cleveland having to worry about scaring for a replacement for him um, if you miss a couple of games. So. I think this will work. And I think right now it's just time to move on and begin a new NFL season, starting with the combine and getting down with the draft and everything. So um, one quick note before we get into A.B. Um, Lamar Houston retiring after eight seasons in the NFL. Um, just was just announced two hours, well, a couple of hours ago that Lamar Houston um, will be retiring after eight seasons in the, in the NFL. What's the they believe he played for the I'm looking at it right now. He played for the uh, Houston. He's no, he he was drafted by the Houston Raiders in 2010. Uh Bears cut him in 20 cut Houston in September of 2017. So the Texans, the Texans, he used to play for, yeah, he used to play for the Texans, um, but they waived them back in November. And then Houston landed back in Chicago. He spent the final five games there. Sure, that's, that's all right. Not, so many, not a lot of people can sit there and say they last eight years. In the yeah, but he had a lot of injuries. Um, towards ACL, back um, 
when he was with Chicago. So he's he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. He was definitely hit with the injury bug. But he had um, 76 quarterback hits, 30.5 sacks, nine fumble recoveries, five forced fumbles, and one interception. Wow, okay. So Not Hall of Fame worthy, but that's a still a distinguished career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let me ask you a question in regards to that. Like, is there any set parameters that you think that a person needs to make it into the Hall of Fame? Like, how many years do you think a person needs to be in the NFL um, to be even thought about making it into the um, NFL Hall of Fame? Because he's been there for like eight years. So, like, is there a significant amount of time in the NFL before you could say, okay, I will at least put him up there, or consider putting him, putting that player in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. And isn't that the, 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 the isn't that the, the magic question that Deion Sanders was alluding to? I mean, he's saying that now the as he was stating the standards mm-hmm. for a person getting to a Hall of Fame has changed based to what they were, you know, years ago. So now some people who got to do a lot just to get into the Hall of Fame, now it seems like, you know, over the years, those standards have been lesson where you don't have to do as much or play as long to be considered a hall of fame and you know i hear on a on a on the talk shows in the morning all the time and people say players are oh this person's going to be a future hall of famer future hall of famer you know even they were talking about um uh, philip rivers a future hall of famer easy really (laughs) (laughs) potential hall of famer easy really Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if even qualified to do that, but the best way that Dion said it is that when you say someone's name and you ask in the Hall of Fame, there shouldn't be hesitation. So they were saying like Emmitt Smith, yeah. You know, uh, Michael Irving, yes. Jerry Rice, yes. And you got the Eli, and it was like, mm. you know, Philip Rivers, mm. Drew Brees. Yes, the numbers would definitely say it, even with the, the years. And he, he's going to be a free agent. And I think the Saints are on a defense about signing him. But I don't know. It's To me, you got to say that person's name and you got to know what the length of his career, what he's done, if he's changed that position, if he's made a serious impact in the game, then it shouldn't be no question. But I don't know. It's, it's so hard to tell these days. I stand by my sentiment that I say Eli is a Hall of Famer. I just don't believe he's the first battle Hall of Famer. And I, I, uh, I kind of stand by that statement. And just like Dion said, you know, I love me some Eli, but come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yes, you had some good runs as far as. Uh, those Super Bowl, Super Bowl runs that he had, but if you take those eight games away from him, what has he done other than stay healthy? And I'm not, it's not a knock on him. It's not a knock. You know, I mean, football, as quarterback in the NFL is a difficult position. So if you the last 15, 16 years of the position and you can play at a high level, you get kudos. But I mean, Trent Dufford played that joint for like 13, 14 years. He got a Super Bowl. He ain't nowhere sniffing that damn uh, and, uh, 
no, no, no. Vinny Testaverde, he played until he's like 44. He ain't sniffing that joint. And Bernie Coltar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, they're – and those are good quarterbacks. You can almost say they were great quarterbacks. Vinny – Bernie Coltar was played on some really good Cleveland teams. But he didn't win any of the big games. I mean, granted, yes, Eli did. But, I mean, there's got to be some bit more – would the Giants still have won Super Bowls without Eli? One would never know. I mean, you have to – that would beg the question of if they would have kept Phillip Rivers and not traded for Eli, could Phillip Rivers have got them to the promised land not once but twice and beaten the GOAT twice? I still say, the, I still say that one Super Bowl is just the luck with David <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's but like this. It's a lot of Super Bowls. That's luck, yeah, <laughs> and right. the Patriots were beneficiaries of a lot of luck. That is true. <laughs> that is let's, true. Let's call it spade a spade. So I don't know. I I, I agree, Joyce. The way that you know it seems like the Hall of Fame is Eli is going to be in. It'll probably be a first ballot. Should he be a first ballot? No, we'll, I don't. I don't agree. I mean, we'll have some people throw out. Oh, he played all these many years. He's seventh on the, you know, yardage and TDs. But he led the league in, in his INTs three years in a row, and he's that. He's never been the most. He he's never been the person going to throw the lights out. I mean, yeah, he had some bad teams, but a lot of people had bad teams, but still put up way better numbers than he has. So, I mean, there's some arguments to be made for. But, but to back to your question now, I don't know. Yeah, I think nobody knows at this particular stage. Um, but I agree. Um, I think that everybody's, I guess, um, standards are are dwindling um, and differ from each other um, in regards to what counts as a person making it into the Hall of Fame, especially first ballot, but just making it into the Hall of Fame in general. So I think it varies. And only people that really counts are the ones that vote that those players in to the Hall of Fame. Um, hopefully, we'll still be debating about whether or not the person deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So it doesn't really matter at this stage, but it does. It is interesting the fact that, like you said, as years go, what will be the next set of standards for a person to make it into the Hall of Fame? Um, years is definitely a, a factor in it, but what else is going to dictate? or make that decision for a writer to vote this person into the Hall of Fame. And only they can tell us, and only time will tell. Um, but real quick, um, getting back to the football, of course, I can't talk about – I mean, can't move on without talking about Antonio Brown's uh, <laughs> apology tour, <laughs> so to speak. Um, posted on Instagram that uh, he was talking about his quarterback, um, Ben Roethlisberger, where he um, basically apologized. Uh, said that I never really, never realized how good I had it. Got caught up in my emotion with everyone coming after me. I really apologize for my actions. Sincerely, man. Um, it's never been another connection like we had done in the past decade. I appreciate you, sincerely, AB. So <laughs> his apology tour continues. Let me get your thoughts on Antonio Brown real quick in that regards. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I mean, personally, 
personally, I think I hope he went to Ben directly and had a private conversation with him, and then decide just to to show to the public that he's going around doing these things. I hope I hope that's the case because he burned a lot of bridges. Just don't go on social media and say some crap. Just hoping that Pittsburgh will sit there and say, "Okay, we had a down year. Juju didn't play the way we thought he was going to play." And some of the other wide receivers didn't step up. So, yeah, let's get A.B. back and see if we can get this connection back together. And then got, it's not that easy. So, I mean, dude, you you were over the top last season. You know, I guess the only organization you didn't really screw over was uh, New England. But they dropped you just because of whatever that allegation was with that with that chick. Uh, she was trying to blackmail him, I believe. With the, uh, and it still hasn't been completely resolved. Because I'm sure, I'm sure she was trying to blackmail him. You know what I mean? I'm sure, he, I'm sure some things he was saying was true, but still his actions and everything that he did and all the bridges that he burned, I, I just, if he was smart, and I doubt they would let him, but he, if the XFL wanted some splash, the XFL should have signed him. You know, show that he still got some talent, but then, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to have it where, you know, he's, being a, an ass and destroying the league on his very first go around, <laughs> you know. So it's, it's, I don't know. Dude, just he needs he needs some he needs to go to some sort of training or some sort of something just to get himself. Maybe just need some some therapy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what is the, what is that thing with Alcoholics Anonymous? And I'm not trying to make you know you know gist of it, but it's like this the six step process or whatever six mm-hmm. step process. You know, the first step is you know admission, and then you know you go on and apologize to people that you hurt while you were you know drunk or all this other stuff. To me, this is what it sounds like. It sounds like his team around them, you know. Maybe he got rid of some people. Who knows? But maybe some people are in his ear. It's like, if you ever want to have any idea of playing in the NFL ever again, then you need to clean up your act. You need to start apologizing. Because he not only apologized to Ben, he was apologizing to the whole damn NFL. Um, so he's a, out there. It's a part of his 12 steps process. He's <laughs> a 12 stepper. So. I mean, he. I think he either realized or somebody was trying to tell him that unless you do this, you will not be able to play in the NFL again and you will not be able to make the kind of money, you know, that you were looking to expect. This man had an over an excess of, what, 40 to $50 million that he could have had in one year. He could have had, what, $30 million, you know, from the Raiders if you would have just kept his mouth shut for two days. Right. Two whole days. And just wear the helmet. Sweat helmet. The Raiders bent over backwards for you. And all they said was just to come in, let's work it out. You had two days and you would have got your guaranteed money. And then the New England Patriots bent way over backwards. All they said was after the whole drama went down with the lady was coming up, they said, we know about this stuff. All we need you to do is just to keep quiet. You would you you would Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Just keep quiet play football, everything would be okay. And he couldn't even do that. And then he went down to act a fool in, <laughs> in Florida and got his ass arrested. But to me, this is, I think it's, I think it's a joke. I don't think it's sincere, in my opinion, no matter what kind of puppy dog tears he's crying, you know, when he does his interview. 
I'm with you, Ace. If it was sincere, then you go to Ben Roethlisberger, you go to the Raiders organization, you go to the Patriots organization, you go to Robert Kraft, you go to all the people, Juju Smith, all the people that you threw underneath the bus, Mike Tomlin specifically, all the people that you threw under the bus for the last couple of years, and you privately apologize to them. And then you want to come out and do your public apology. You can say, yeah, I spoke to Ben. I, you know, I spoke to Ray's organization. You know, I spoke to um, Juju. You know, I spoke to Mike Tom. I spoke to all these guys privately. And I'm just saying what I told them. Then I would have probably put more weight, but just come out and say, I want to apologize to the whole NFL. And I never, you just want to get back to the NFL. So you out there trying to do whatever you can, because that's what somebody told you that you needed to do. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's PR person look apologize. <laughs> the PR person needs to be gone. That's what that is. Well, that's what they do. First thing you gotta go on your apology tour and do the admission of guilt because everybody likes to first and see him fall flat on their face and then a redemption tour and you know, we'll say, Oh, anybody can be saved, but this is this is one on one PR, like you said, Ace. Mm-hmm. And then if and if and if another league wants to wants to, to take your services and where you can show that you could be quiet. XFL. XFL, Canadian Football League, whatever. Dude, just go somewhere, play some ball, ball out. Let the NFL know that you still got it. Shut up. You know, go to practice, go to games, go home. That's it. Shut and up. Roger, and Roger Goodell still has to sign off on you even getting back into the league. So why not just go into the XFL, show improve there, and then it'd be much more easier that way. But I guess he's still holding off because he believes that some team is still going to take him um, because of his of his experience. And I really, I really do believe that there is going to be a team out there with everything that's happened is still going to look at him and try and take him. Team. Pending, yeah, teams. I'm sorry. Pending <laughs> suspension and all. Well, I mean, I don't think the XFL – I think he – I think he'll blow up on the XFL quarterback just because if he's not getting the ball, you know, he's a deep. So he might act a fool because he ain't getting the rock. But shut up. Play. That's it. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. It's just hopefully that – somebody's going to give him advice that he could take to heart that will help him. Um, because right now he definitely needs some help. That's for sure. Right. All right. But before we get, oh, before we end the podcast, um, I do have to talk a little bit about the NBA. Um, two things real quick. Uh, first things first, um, 76ers, Joel Embiid um, was getting, was getting booed at his own games, home game. Yeah. Um, because of, I guess, the issues that he has um, complaining about the team and them not giving him the ball and everything like that. And um, there's been rumors, the fact that bottom line is that he misses um, Jimmy Butler um, playing in Philly. Um, But real quick, because we know Joel Embiid is a talker, but he is a good player. Um, The fact that he is there booing him in Philly – what I, I'm very curious to hear, especially from you, Earl, since you're down in the Philadelphia area, has there been any talks in regards to Joel and B? What fans think of him, or you know, because I'm hearing rumors that he may want to be traded. 
they haven't I haven't heard anything like that yet. I know some fans in the fans in the area are starting to get a little wary of the of the antics, but not to mm-hmm. the point where they ready to ship him off. Um, he's still a good player. I think he stays way out in the arc too much, and you think he needs to get down to the block. I think you know his his he doesn't have a complete game, but neither here nor there. I, I think they're still with him, even though they're booing him. But I think they just want him just to quiet down and stop all the you know the jaw the jaw joking. I mean, mm-hmm. you can complain about your team all along, but look, if you're the leader of that team, man, it starts with you. And right now, what I see on the court is a person who's not in shape and doesn't hustle. Now he gets the now what annoyed me now they won the game, but what annoyed me was that when they played the Clippers, he got the one bucket in there and was walking down like he done hit the shot and won the game seven of a you know, NBA finals. It was all throwing his ears up. It's like, why? He didn't do anything. That's the kind of mentality that annoys a lot of people and I think frustrates the um Philly fans because they know what this team is capable of. They just don't do it on a consistent basis. So they'll have a game or two where they're playing like they're the potential East, you know, Eastern Conference representatives. Um, but then they'll have stretches of games where it look like they'll get bounced out of the first round. <laughs> I think they miss uh Reddit too. Ah. They really do. I was surprised that they didn't bring him back. They missed that outside presence. Completely agree with you on that because and and they've really missed Jimmy Butler. Yeah, because there there was there was talks about because Jimmy at least Jimmy Butler held people accountable, um, including Joel, um, and that's what made them you know made him step up his game and his efforts. So, um, but Jimmy didn't want to stay there, so you know take that with a grain of salt. Um, but we could talk more about the NBA because we have a lot to talk about down the road. I know the All-Star break is coming up. But before we do that, real quick, I need to get your thoughts on this. Steve Stout um, went on first take. The commissioner. Yeah. Recently hired Steve Stout. Um, went on first take and completely was trying to improve the Knicks' image. Uh, but it kind of backfired. Um Talking about, you know, having a coach like that who has the magnitude and he was just basically bottom line, just talking the fact that um, he felt as though that it's really nothing to see here. I'm the one that, brought, you know, I'm going to bring the Knicks back to um, to to re- relevance. Um, I'm the Drake <laughs> of the, the New York Knicks. You know, if Drake is the who he is with the Toronto Raptors, I am with the New York Knicks. Um, then the Knicks come back and said that Steve Stout does not, you know, um, manage the hiring of the presidents or the firing of the presidents. So it was just a whole, <laughs> it was just a whole mess. Um, just give me your thoughts on this real quick. Um, I'm really just when I first saw it, I shook my head and it was just like I can't believe this, this is happening. But real. Real quick, I, I, I have, did you guys see the interview that he gave on first day? I did not, but I heard bits and pieces of it. Yeah, I saw parts of it, and um, I'm like, wow, well, I just shook my head. Um, <laughs> to me, 
the fact of the matter is that Steve Dolan had to go to Steve Stout to ask him to help them improve the next image means you're, you're, you're more lost than we all thought you were. Right. So you don't need an image consultant to re-image the Knicks. You need a person that has some basketball, you know, a high basketball IQ. You need a good president and a GM to change the culture. And you yourself, Jim Dolan, need to go way back. I mean, you need to go not even be in the stadium. You can own the team. Just write the checks. You can you can still, you know, come to the games, but sit way up in the box where no one can see you at. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm still amazed that Steve Stout is an image consultant. And he used to be one of my favorite hip hop producers back in the day. I mean, so to kind of see him like doing this is just like baffling. Like someone in the hip hop music world being an image consultant for a professional sports team is just not a good mix. You know how that that's that's almost akin to when the Nets, the the, the Russian owner, when he bought the, the the Nets, and then he you know allowed Jay Z to get like a one percentage or even a half a percentage, not even a percentage, a half percentage point. But you thought he was the person that, that was running the team. Mm-hmm. He just had him there just to kind of bring all the people because he he didn't want players; he wanted people to come to the games. Yeah, but here's the thing about it: because even if that's the case, it worked. And Jay Z didn't say anything like, "Oh, I'm going to bring Brooklyn back to relevance," and you know, I'm going to do this. He, he played his role. Like Steve Stout came out was like, "Yo, I'm a, we about to make changes. We about to do this. I'm about to do that." And the Knicks is like. Yo, slow your roll. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't even a part of this yet. Like you just helping to bring our image up. So it, it was a whole mess, and I, I kind of feel bad now for the Knicks as an organization because it seems as though that they're, they're always in their way, their own way. Mm-hmm. You know, the Knicks would have been way better off having Jay Z act like the, he got a percentage in the team and then have him sit court. Well, he's over in L.A. now, but they would have been better off having that deal with Jay-Z that the Nets had with Jay-Z because at least then you might get some people to come to the games. Well, you know, like, I mean, they, they got Brooklyn, you know, they, they wanted that Brooklyn film, so they, they tied Jay-Z now. I, I think Brooklyn then, probably would have went after Big if Big was alive, you know. <laughs> just to be a part of that, if he had that sort of money. Like I said, they, they allowed Jay-Z to get a, get, get a little piece of the pie, a little crumb. <laughs> hey, take those crumbs, man. Yeah, you guys, hey, I'm thankful, for, if you're thankful for that, you know, give him that opportunity. Cause now look where he's at right now. Like whole Rock Nation is at that level. And now he's talking about with, talking with NFL owners, talking with Roger Goodell and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes it takes that to, to 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 get to where you want to be. Might not be the best, but you know, at least get to where you want to be. Yeah, and, and real quick with Jay Z, whatever your deal is with the NFL, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna give you a pass this year because I don't know what it was you were attempting to do. Uh, I'm gonna be paying close attention <laughs> next year to see what the hell it is that you are doing. I think everybody at this point is like watching with 
that eye now to say, all right, we we watching you. Bottom line, like so, and and also, what's Jay Z's uh, significance as far as bringing some more minority presence and ownership? And if and if uh, if Diddy was smart, and this XFL thing kind of catches on, maybe Diddy might want to jump on and own the XFL team. No, nah, he want NFL. I, I I get that. I get that. You know. Yeah. So, I wouldn't. I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but I would not. I, I just don't see Vince McMahon doing something like that with minority ownerships yet. Not saying. I'm just saying. I just don't see that yet. If he's going to help out, he's going to help out his people, the people that he's with, like the business owners that he knows. He will bring them aboard first and foremost before he gets down to that road. I agree, but he'd be stupid not to. He need at least one. And he got, he got. Is this him, Jay, and him, Jay, and? To be honest, are there any owners? I mean, there's owners on each of those teams, uh, the XFL teams, right? Yeah, but I don't think any of them are black. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the the makeup is. Right. Yeah, we have to find out more information about that. But we could talk more about that um, next week, uh, next uh, next week's podcast. But right now, um, we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. So let the people know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. You can find me on Snapchat, Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram, uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am on Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am on Qualls. You can also check guys, catch guys talking sports. Um, we are on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We are on YouTube. Um, check us out for more clips. Check us out on Instagram on IGTV, uh, where we post our clips there daily. Um, so check us out there. We'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. We really appreciate all the love and support. Continue to reach out to us. Um, continue to look for us as we're going to be doing bigger things in this upcoming year as well. Um, hoping to have just so much more um, work and business with Guys Talking Sports to go and take it to that next level. We appreciate all of the support. Until next time, you guys take care. Have a good one. God bless. And catch Guys Talking Sports next week.